Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast of Wildwood Church where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as his disciple. Hello, welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast. It's good to be back with you guys this week. Man, Dan, we got a doozy uh, this morning walking into politics. I think when this is released is going to be the Thursday after the election. So we're pre-recording here, but we didn't want to talk about what it means to follow Jesus without obviously addressing, we can't say elephant in the room, I guess, right? Just the... <laughs> without or donkey, address, one of the two. That's yeah. right, without addressing the election. But here's the thing, this podcast is not designed to give opinions in that sense, but really how do we filter scripture so that we follow Christ well? And and follow Christ well in an election season. And so rather than talking anything along the lines of how do we think people should vote, but rather more, how does a Christian be a light in this period? How do we look different as people who follow Jesus in an election year than maybe others who don't follow Jesus in that season? And so we just wanted to really address what we're calling pitfalls of partisanship in some ways. And the kind of two primary or the main one, I think, is just when party ideology <laughs> can't say Trump's either right now. Uh, when party ideology, I guess, comes over in our priorities, uh, the kingship of Christ and our following of Christ. And though, you know, even we were talking, biblically speaking, there was a sermon I gave at Wildwood back in March. It was the last sermon before COVID hit in person. And the sermon was titled, Jesus Transcends All Social and Political Ideologies. And that wasn't in any attempt to go after election season or COVID, because those things hadn't really spiked at that point yet. But it's more just looking at Mark 12. He addresses the full spectrum from conservative to liberal on both religious and civil authorities in Mark 12. The Herodians, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, and even talks to directly to his disciples in that season. So, Dan, what are what are some of your thoughts on pitfalls kind of come back to Mark 12? When you think about pitfalls of partisanship for somebody who's a follower of Jesus, what have you typically seen? Yeah, when I look at a lot of what's going on in the world today, I really like what Michael Ware says about this. He says the state of our politics is a reflection of the state of our souls. If you're wandering around on social media or even some major news outlets, you can see that things have become very harsh and critical and our Christianity at times seeps into it. People see statements like if you vote for for this party, you are a true Christian or you are damaging the cause of Christ by voting for this party. And I've seen it with Republicans and Democrats and third party voters. And that's problematic because we are elevating uh, party politics to the same level as our faith. Throughout the entire history of Christianity, I don't see any sort of doctrinal statement or creed that says who you vote for in an American election is going to determine whether or not you're actually a Christian. Now, that isn't to say that there aren't things that we can certainly support and oppose in every single party that's out there, but we don't want to elevate that to the same level as our Christianity. One of the primary reasons I am opposed to that is because I believe that Jesus 
died to, well, save the world, to bring salvation to all who will believe. And if we are restricting it to one particular party affiliation and say he only died for the members of one party, or if you believe one thing that is causing harm to what Jesus did for the entire world. So we want to leave it open to allow an understanding that says that Christianity is more important than this. In our spiritual lives, we need to be able to set our levels. We need to recognize what is more important and what is less important. And I should be clear, this isn't to say that politics are not important. Of course, politics are important. We have a privilege of participating in them. But when we are lifting it over the fundamental importance of Jesus in our lives, that's where we get into problems. Yeah, I think another problem, right? So there's the one you've mentioned there, right? We can actually step into legalism when we start saying, right, you're essentially adding to what is necessary for salvation. You're saying your political views is the fruit. And I know some people are not saying, hey, it's what saves you, but they're saying, hey, that's the key fruit for me is how you see politics as to whether you're a believer. But the other piece to me too, and I think a pitfall of partisanship is when you dialogue about this, is there a sense of despair in your voice? Like to me, when somebody is talking through their political worldview, I'm going to listen. But if I see that they're thinking completely differently to me, are going to vote completely different to me, I can't despair over that. I know that God is in control of the world. I know that he is my king. He's my sustainer. He's my provider. That Has he been providing through the democracy of America and the freedom that we have to be able to work and provide for our family? Yes, he has. Has he provided for the people of God in different ways throughout history besides them being a part of a democracy and free to work and provide for the family? Yes, he has. Is he providing for Christians who aren't Americans and different countries who are even being persecuted? Yes, he has. And I have to remember that just because this is the way he's always provided for me in my life, if something were to get dramatically different in American culture and change drastically, I have to remember he has still promised to care for me and my family. He has still promised that I am his and his child and that he would take care of me much like the sparrow and, and much like the flower of the field. And I don't have to be in despair over those things. And then I think too, like thinking through regardless of the results, what does this mean for the church? And when you are thinking and processing through how you see the political landscape and, and even how you're going to vote, do you consider the kingdom? And do you consider the mission that we're even talking about in the Acts series now, sermon series? Do you consider the Great Commission to go and to make disciples? And what policies are going to free us up even more to go and to do those things? Or what are going to give more opportunities? Or, or what are some things maybe we need help from the government to be able to accomplish in kingdom mission that we can't do alone as a church? So to me, as somebody who's following Jesus is really filtering not just through their own well-being, but is filtering it through the well-being of others and filtering it through the well-being of the kingdom. But kind of zooming back to Mark 12, he really does. At one point, he has, I think it was the Pharisees and the Herodians who ask him, hey, should we pay taxes? And the Herodians want him to say no so that the Roman government can come down and crack down on Jesus. And the Pharisees want him to say, yes, you should pay taxes so that all the people who believe in God would say, hey, he's not a true follower of God. He's following the Roman Empire. And that's not what Jesus says. He says, hey, who's on that Daenerys? And he says, it's Caesar. He says, so pay to Caesar what is Caesar's and pay to God what is God's. And he's pointing to there the image of God stamped on us as human beings and going, look, that coin, you can give it to Caesar. His face is on it. But God's face is on you and your life belongs to God. 
And you can tell there he didn't take sides. He didn't go and address the Pharisees, why they should lean more towards the Herodians or the Herodians, why they should lean more towards the Pharisees. And then the last thing I think for me when considering partisanship and how I respond as a believer is if you take kind of bodies of people and think through how they should respond, but then you kind of zoom in and you go, okay, how would an individual respond? I think anywhere in my life, whether it's in family or in church, when I'm looking at somebody else's faults more than my own, I'm going to get in trouble. My pride's going to flare up. I'm not going to see things accurately that even leadership within the church or leadership within my family begins with self-reflection and with confession of my own issues. I think it's perfectly fine to say you're a Christian and that you're a Republican or you're a Christian and you're a Democrat or you're a Christian and you're a Libertarian. Like those are fine. I think what Christians can lead the way in in those parties is being more concerned with how to make my own party healthier than even more concerned about how to change the other party's views. And I think what's causing a lot of that division right now is we've drawn lines in the sand and we're trying to convert people to our party even more than we're trying to help our party be healthy. And I think if I have a healthy view that, hey, I like my party better than I like the other party, but I know my party is broken uh, because it's full of broken people then I think you have a tendency as a believer to shine a light and say, hold, hold on a second. And, and what does that even mean to the guy on the other side of the line who watches you start to love on your own people? I just now, I just remember, remember the Titans, right? Where they're at the practice and there's all this division between the white players and the black players. And what was the turning point? If you remember at that practice, it was when Bertier, the white linebacker, got into the face of the white offensive lineman who wasn't blocking for the black quarterback. And he says, if you don't block for the quarterback, you're off this team. And the black players watched this white leader start to address his own side. And that was a huge turning point in that movie and in that story of reconciliation. What would it look like if I'm a Republican for a Democrat to see me even bring up, hey, this is where I think as Republicans, we can get healthier. And what that's going to start to show to people, oh man, he, he is caring about what's going on on his own side. What does it look like if you're a Democrat as a believer and they start to see you say, hey, I'm, I'm a Democrat, but these are things I see wrong on my own side. I think those are ways that we can really shine light in partisanship as believers is to kind of recognize that. It's a good movie, by the way. You know, it's classic, man. It's on Disney Plus. It's back. Good stuff. Yeah, there's so much good stuff there. And I want to say it explicitly what you were uh, saying there is that we are not arguing for some middle of the road centrism as if we're trying to move down the middle. No, what, what we're saying is it's completely fine to be a part of party politics. Absolutely. But ultimately, the way of Jesus is going to transcend right and left and center. And sometimes we're going to agree with what we see on the left. Sometimes we're going to agree with what we see on the right. And it's when we don't have the ability to see both positive and negatives of both sides that we start to recognize that our views may be more warped and uh, unable to recognize this. And this is what Paul says to the Philippians. I mean, in Philippians 3.20, he says, ultimately, our citizens is in heaven and from it we await a savior the lord jesus christ who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself that's what we're looking for right to be able to subject all things to the lordship of christ and so when we agree great but when we disagree right or left we should be able to call it out yeah. And I would say if you're listening to this podcast and your first thought is, man, there's so much I got to change about how I'm interacting or you feel weight, I would encourage you to change that weight to feeling freedom right now. There's just so many people who are in despair and they're struggling and they're frustrated and they're scared and they're exhausted. 
And for the Christian, you have a greater hope. And when your hope is in that greater hope, there's a freedom there. There's a joy that cannot be shaken. There's a hope that we have that we can share with the world right now. And especially with Americans right now. And that's what we want for you as pastors here at this church, that that you would experience a unique freedom, even in this season, that you would watch the chaos in the world around you and not be oblivious to it, not even not be able to lament with it or empathize with it, but to not despair uh, in the midst of it and to see the face of Christ in the midst of it, looking down on you and leading you in the way that you should go and trusting that he'll do that. Well, thanks for listening to this podcast. We are praying for you guys this week and regardless of the results of the election, we look forward to even talking next week about what does it mean to pray for our leaders and what does that look like as followers of Christ? We'll see you guys next week.